I would like to just share the word with you today. I am feeling, experiencing something really good uh, in, in God. And I want to share that with you. Everything I get from the Lord, I, I can't wait to share it with you. And I'm going to talk about uh, this subject, a new creation. We heard a lot about it. And uh, I did not, per se, preach um, during the symposium. Uh, it just didn't work out that way. So I, I believe you don't force it. You just let it work out the way Jesus wants it to. So let me say, give you a, a definition as I start. I'm talking about the, a new creation, not so much the new creation. Jesus tells us that uh, through Paul that if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. So that means that in place of the old, the old did not survive, right? It's a new creation. So my goal today is to inculcate, right? I like that word a lot because it means to implant by repeated statements or repeated warnings, to implant, to put something in you that, that can't back out, won't back out. So, so sometimes when people repeat, it's because they don't know their subject, but that's not the only reason they repeat. I want to say the same thing over and over and over again. And I'm not going to tell you my Rodney story again about the little boy going to the, to the stop sign, his mom taking him there. But you want to persistently say something. And, um, and so, for example, um, my father and my mother, uh, but dad, dad was a disciplinarian. And dad inculcated things in me that are alive today. Now, sometimes he incul inculcated with words. And sometimes he inculcated with action. <laughs> so since I can't give you the action my dad gave me, I'm going to use words. <laughs> and so you want to influence someone. And to influence, and you know, it's amazing. In Spanish, I learned a lot about English words <laughs> by, by always studying Spanish. Influir, influir, to flow into. And so I want to influence you by, by, as it were, using these words and ideas to flow into you. Um, to, I want you to accept these words that are flowing into you. You know, so, so we can use, I use this as, as an example. The pastor inculcated, what? What, what did he do? He incul, inculcated love into the, the members of the church, right? So this is what we want to do. We want you to know who you are, and then walk in it. The, the world is encroaching every day into our lives. I, I got, you've got to see it. More than I've ever known in my whole existence, it's never been this bad. And there are some Christians who say, yes, but. I don't say yes, but. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, the scripture reads, that's 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, says, but he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. You know, we've talked about uh, this ir being irreversibly joined to the Lord. Now, I do know that there are brothers and sisters around the world, especially here in America, that want to tell me that somehow my doctrine is wrong, that, uh, that no, you, we are not irreversibly joined to the Lord. Well, if, if I am not, if you're not irreversibly joined to the Lord, I, I don't know if we can say we're saved. 
It, it, it's like it's a precarious thing. The, the outcome is uncertain. But that is not what the Bible teaches us. God is not a God of uncertainty. And so let's go to find what Paul is saying. I'm saying to you, if I am joined to the Lord, if I'm one spirit with the Lord, I'm one. And so the only way that Jesus could, could remove me is to amputate me. And then if he amputates me or you, he amputates himself. He's not, that's not accurate. He's never going to do that. I want you to be confident because as the days grow darker and darker, you need to know who you are as never before, as never before, as never before. And Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 17, Paul says, and I love the way he writes uh, led by the Holy Spirit, obviously, influenced by the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit. He says, for the love of Christ compels me. And so the, the love of Christ is doing something with Paul. He says it compels me because we judge thus, or we judge like this, that if one died for all, then all died. What an amazing statement. Now, if since, since Christ died for everybody, that is, he died for the sin of the whole world, but you have to accept it. If I give you a gift, you, want it, you have to accept the gift for it to be yours, right? So he says, we judge that if Christ died for one, then all died. So, um, someone said Christ's love, which had, I don't remember who said it, that had saved Paul or converted Paul now compelled him. So the same love that saves us compels us to do what God wants. Now, Paul goes on to say in verse 15, and he died for all. I'm not going to, I'm, going, I'm, I'm not going to qualify this all. There are some alls that are qualified alls. But this is not a, a qualified all. He died for the sin of the whole world not just a precious few, that those who live should live no longer for themselves. So every, every Christian, everyone who is saved should not be selfish because those who live should live no longer for themselves but for him who died for them and rose again. So Christ died for you and he rose again. Now, when, when the, the Bible says that we all died, what he means is, in verse 14, is that you and I have died from this world system. We are not in the sphere of the world, the sphere of sin, the sphere of or the realm where sin controls everything. We died to that. I know you've been to funerals in your life, and those people who are dead, or that is, they're dead, we know that Christians, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. So Christians aren't like, um, have suffered some, like, annihilation. They have not suffered annihilation. They just changed. They died to this realm. So the body is there, perhaps, in the, in the box or the casket, but they are not there. So Paul wants us to understand that just like Jesus saved us from our sins, he saved us from the power of Satan, so we're not there. We're to live in a different realm, the realm of the Spirit of God. 
And so Paul tells us in Romans chapter 6, verse 11, likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So you are dead to sin, the realm of sin, no control. Don't say, well, I just can't help myself. I just can't help myself. Well, there is a helper. The Holy Spirit is called the helper. He comes to, to bring divine influence upon your heart. He comes to make you different. Yeah. So, so then you can help it because you have died to that. See, most Christians just don't grasp that. Can I tell you, you, can, you will grasp it as you continue to walk with the Lord. Remember the, uh, no, you may not remember. When I was a kid, I used to love cowboy movies. I love cowboy movies. I th I've seen so many. I think the only person who's seen more than me is my brother, John. He knows them all. But, but uh, they, I remember Gabby Hayes and Roy Rogers. Y'all don't even remember those guys. Oh, a few of us, a few of us. Gabby Hayes and Roy Rogers. And, and old Gabby would have some information for Roy. He'd get his old horse. He'd come up and he said, he said Gabby, what? He said, let's, let's talk about it on our way to the ranch. And they're riding, you know. And the next thing you see them, they're on the way to the ranch. Well, well likewise, your understanding will come about as you walk with Jesus. Your, the strength is going to come to you as you walk. All right? As you walk it out. I've lived a long time. It's true. Now look at Hebrews 2, 9. The writer says, the writer says in Hebrews 2, 9, he says, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. And so Jesus Christ died for us, as us, to bring us out of that realm, all right? To bring us out of that realm of sin and death. Now, Paul says, let's go back to 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16. He says, therefore, from now on, from what now on? From the time you get this truth, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. So, because what? We're in a different realm. We're in a different sphere. Uh, you know, I've given you the example about the Western Hemisphere, the Eastern Hemisphere. I cannot live in both hemispheres at the same time. I cannot do that. So, you and I are in a different place, but I don't feel like it. Keep on walking and living. You will feel like it. Your feelings are not what control you. That's, that's subjective. The objective truth is God has done something for you that cannot be undone. I don't feel new. Well, keep on living. You will. Well, this is what he says. So, Paul says, we regard no one according to the flesh. So, I don't look at you as though you are in the sphere of sin. Many Christians, I heard this in my lifetime. When I was a young boy, some of my friends went to churches where they said uh, uh, you were saved, but there was no change. There was just no, no change. I mean, you know, people would say things like, I'm going to lay my religion down and I'm going to do this and that. No. I, if I'm a new creation, I can't lay my wings down and go back to being a, a caterpillar. So you can't do that. It's not right. It's, it's just, it's, it's error. And so, but, and so, uh, as the song says, oh, what a change in my life has been wrought, been worked. That's why. Since Jesus came into my heart, 
So there is a change in every born-again person. There is a change. It's not something that is imagined to be, oh, we just say it like that. No, the reality is there is a change. I'm sure that when that uh, butterfly flew out for the first time out of the cocoon, and I won't bore you with my old butterfly story, but when he flew out of that cocoon, I, I'm sure he didn't think, I'm a worm. But he was a new creation. Had a new body. He was a new creation. So you and I are waiting on our body, but we're not waiting on the change. The change is certain. Amen, somebody. So he says that even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. So maybe sometimes our image, the images we have in our mind about Jesus are wrong. Therefore, the, the thoughts we have about ourselves are wrong. Because we see Jesus as Mary's little baby in a manger, uh, uh, no crib for his bed, or what, a crib for his bed, or however that goes. You know, and uh, we see the shepherds coming and the cows mooing. And little baby Jesus, asleep on the hay. But no, Jesus has died to that realm. He's died to that realm. So Jesus is the first fruits, and we'll perhaps talk about it. He's the first fruits of a new mankind. You are also. How does that work? Because somehow in the majesty of God and the wisdom of God that, that he placed every believing person in Christ. Let, let me just jump ahead, way ahead, and just tell you what that looks like. The Bible tells us that God chose us in Christ before time began. I, I've heard Christians have a real problem with that. And they have limited God to their own mindset. They've limited God to their own personal thinking. They are quick to say, I just wrong, I disagree. With, well, bring some truth here if you disagree. I mean, don't bring just some feeling, some, something that you thought, just think that, that, oh, I think this. No. Base it on fact. Evidence it with fact. Evidence it with truth. Yeah. Yeah. So the Bible says, says something very, very different. He says that even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, we don't know him that way. How is it that we don't know him? Because he died on that cross. And when he died on that cross, he died for you. He died as you. And, and so somehow God in his amazing majesty says, if, I, if, I, if someone dies for another, then that person died. And so and since God knew us and chose us in Christ before time began, listen, that means that God's idea, God's understanding, God's love, God's choosing of you predates creation. He says, he says, he saw you, he chose you in Christ before time began, before the, the created order. So now look at this. You, you heard my example. I won't get into the, the mechanics of it, but my example about if my dad had died at 19 years old and that thing that they, that they were going through, I would have died too. But because my dad survived that, I survived it too. And to survive, you know, let me teach you a little Spanish. 
I'm looking at one of my teachers, one of my instructors, La Maestra over there. In, in, in the Spanish language, uh, the, a, a survivor is a what? Sobreviviente. A sobreviviente. Sobre, sobre, viviente. Somebody on top of what's trying to destroy them. Somebody who is above what's trying to destroy them. Someone who is sobre, is enveloped so that what's trying to destroy them can't. And so you and I, you and I are sobrevivientes in Cristo Jesús, in Christ Jesus. We are, we survive. <clears throat> and so when Jesus died on the cross, we died. When Jesus rose, we rose. Why? Because we're in him. And so we, we were, quote unquote, as it were, in the loins of God as, I, as I'm talking about this before time began. Wow. He chose us there. And if it's wrong, let's talk to Paul about it, right? No, it's not wrong. He says, but we don't know Christ according to the flesh any longer because he died. So let's don't look at each other according to the flesh because we died with him and rose with him. So then Paul concludes from these uh, irreversible irrevocable truths that he has just spoken. In verse 17, he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He is something new, something unprecedented, something that has never been heard of, something that is uncommon. He says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things. Wow, isn't that good? Let's read it again. If anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things, old things have passed away. Behold, all things. And that word behold means you need to fix your eyes on this, fix your attention on this, do not look away. All things have become new, new, new. And so this new is, means of a new kind. It means unprecedented. I'm repeating. It means novel. It means uncommon. It means unheard of. You are a new people group. You know, some Christians put more emphasis on their natural people ranking, people group ranking than they do on the spiritual. And it's, it will trip you up. I refuse to do it. I refuse to do it. I refuse to do it. When I look across this audience, I, I see pe people who are part of my people group. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying everybody. I don't pick and choose. Everybody. Why? Because we all died. We were all in him. Thank you, Jesus, somebody. Thank you, Jesus, somebody. And so God has created us in him. I, I share it with one of the audiences I was sharing this teaching uh, before that uh, the, the word, this creation has to do with a Greek word called kathesis. Now, I'm not really good at, at the Greek. I can hardly pronounce them. But it means something that is a creation, something that was created. It means a creature that was created, but anything created. And the rabbis used uh, it in this way. They used a new creation um, uh, concerning a person which was con 
converted from idolatry to Judaism was called a new creation. Yeah, that's, that was pretty interesting that they called them a new creation because they had left idolatry. They had left the world. See, you can't have one foot in the world and one in Christ. It's impossible. This is, you have to be, you can't be half dead, you know. I, mean? I know we have the we have the statement, oh, he's half dead. But no, you're either dead or you're alive, right? And if you're, if you're in the world system, you've never been converted, you're dead. You're dead to the things of God. But now we are alive. Wow. So being a new creation should empower you. If it has not empowered you, we need to sit down and talk. We need to ask questions because it is an empowerment. See, the old, the power of the old is done away with or nullified by what is made new. So that means that the, the, the things I used to do, the habits I used to have, I have to let, leave those aside, walk away from them. You may be like a child. I, we have two children, and, and I remember as they were learning how to walk, it was so interesting. You know, um, the, the girl, you know, one day just stood up at about, I don't remember how many months now, but she just stood up, and uh, she would learn how to walk. You know, now the boy did too. But he crawled before he walked a lot. He crawled a lot, and he could crawl, man. And, and yeah, yeah, climb out of the crib. I remember the first time he climbed out of the crib. We thought he was too young to do that. Child climbed out of the crib. We heard a thud, and we, my wife and I looked at each other. We looked at each other. Oh, we were frozen, and I ran in, and I, I ran in just to see him crawling out of the, out of the room, crawling, you know, hair to the side, crawling. And so we had to put a lot of pillows uh, around his crib to, because we didn't want him hurting himself. But we went in there, my wife would go in there, and he was throwing his leg, little boy, little old thing, crawling, throwing his leg over the crib and, and, and letting himself down, and then just let go. And he's been letting himself out of cribs ever since. <laughs> Okay, but, but I'm, say, I'm, saying, I'm saying that whenever they are, children are trying to walk, they sometimes stumble. You'll see them. They'll get up and they'll fall, and then they'll get up and they'll fall, and they'll fall, and they'll get up and fall, and they keep doing it until they learn how to walk. Now, if you see an adult, some adults still fall. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. Some adults still fall. You know, you'll fall, but it's occasional. It's okay. It's not your habit. If it is, there's something wrong. If you always fall, there's something wrong. And you, have, and you have to understand, and also in Christ, if you keep falling, there's something wrong. You know, because that's not you. That's not what you are made for. You're made to walk this life out. And human beings, we're made to walk upright. Upright. Are you getting that? All right. Okay. Let me, um, let me say one. So the one who overcame the old is Jesus, and Jesus overcame, so we are in him. The believer in Christ now has a new relationship. You have a new relationship. You are now in Christ. Yes, you are now in Christ. Now let me look at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 30 through 32. I hope this will help you to walk it out. 
I hope this will help you to walk it out. Christianity is not to be defined by your feelings and, not, and your progress. No, the Bible tells you what it looks like, and then you and I are to walk it out according to that. And we will walk it out by the power of God, not by our own ingenuity. All right? Let's look at, at Ephesians 5.30. For we are members of his body. Wow. So this is real in the spiritual realm. You and I are irreversibly joined to Jesus, so we are members of his body. So there's a, a saying in boxing that... How, how does it go? As, as the head goes, so goes the body. I think that's how it works. And so that means that if you are boxing and you see people that keep trying to knock the head off, right? Some of y'all not saying anything because you like boxing. <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I, I don't see them just always going for the body. Sometimes they do. But a lot of times they're punching at the head because if they can get the head, the body will follow the head. And so what God wants us to understand is that in, spirit, in the spiritual realm, Jesus is our head. Jesus is our head. And so as goes the head, so goes the body. What does that mean? The head is victorious, therefore the body is victorious. And you can't knock the head down, so you can't really knock the body down. This is what he talks about being a new creation. And there's no yes, but. Yeah? Yeah, yes, but we'll talk about that sometimes in the men's meeting. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Then Paul says something very interesting. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined to his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. And so he compares the, the husband and wife relationship to Christ. Christ is the head. So he's, the, the wife in, in the marriage relationship is joined to her husband. Um, as the Bible says uh, the man shall be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So he says, I'm, so I'm, I'm happy because I've got information for, for a good marriage, right? Because she is uh, members of, of his body, of his flesh, of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother. Jesus left his home in glory and shall be joined to his wife and they too shall become one flesh. Then he says, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ in the church. So what Paul, Paul is saying is just, just as it is adulterous for a man not to be joined to his wife or be playing around or vice versa, he says, there's none of that hokey stuff in Christ. That's big. So, so I want to keep teaching you, but I would like to teach you to see. I would, I would like to give vivid pictures so that you can see because this is what we know is that once you see, you cannot unsee. You cannot unsee. You know, I, I, I've heard things in my life that I wish I could, had not heard. Have you ever, something like that? And I thought, I, I hate I heard that. You know, it was unfair that I would hear because you have to work it out. You know, it's like you can't unhear it. But good things we want to keep. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. He says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony or the witness of God. 
for I determined not to know anything among you. I determined not to know anything among you. This is big. This is unlike so many of us today as preachers and teachers of the word. We want you to know how heavy we are. But Paul says, he says, I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. So I just, I didn't want, I don't, I didn't, want to know anything except and teach you anything except who Jesus is and what he's done. That's what this means. Jesus Christ, who he is and what he's done. And so when we travel the world, we teach who Jesus is and what he's done. And somebody said, well, that's just too simplistic. No. It's, it's simple, but it's not simplistic. There's one thing. We need to know, and that is Jesus. Now, listen to what he says. I was with you in weakness. Very few preachers would ever admit that. In fear, none would. Not, not God brought you through fear. In fear, much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. They were not humanistic. They were not humanistic. So, we're living in a day when the world is vying for your attention and giving you solutions that haven't worked for them. I, I, I can't forget, I was teaching one of our young kids' um, uh, government. They, they were taking a course and so mom asked if I would do that and I, I was teaching. And I was showing her why Jesus is so important and what I showed her was that from the founding of our nation, great nation, one of the greatest, if not the greatest ever been on the planet, one of them. And I was showing him that the same problems we had in 1776, we've got them right now. Yeah. You know what they call that? Kicking the can down the road. So why should I go I choose or go back to kicking the can down the road when, I, when I'm a new creation and I have solutions to problems. Why? Because Jesus is the solution to every problem. So why should I go back to the world? I have everything I need because Jesus supplies everything I need. Because, but in the world system, it's not about the supply of everything you need. It's about greed, not need. So... Let us move on and let us recognize the time in which we are living. Let us recognize that, that you and I have come to the kingdom for a time such as this. Just as surely as Esther did, we are. As surely as you believe that Esther came at the right time for the purposes of God, you must believe that you and I have come at the right time for the purposes of God. I will never again doubt my role. I will never again doubt my calling. Because, because I, you, we have come to the kingdom for a time such as this. We must not fail. So Paul says, my, my preaching was not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Demonstration of the spirit and of power. Why? Paul, that your faith, 
Your trust in God, your belief in God should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That, that your faith should not be in politicians and worldly rulers. Your faith should not be there, not in the wisdom of men, not in the machinations, the strivings and stuff of men, but in the power of God. Amen. Amen. I'm going to read this hurriedly, and then I, and, but I want you to know who you are. I want you to know that you are different than all the peoples of the world. You are different. There was never, this new creation is a, is a very empowering reality. There has never been any people group on this planet other than the believer who has had and has the Spirit of God living in them. That's so big. It's like I should whisper it. It's so re it should be so reverent. So it's a reverential statement, isn't it? That you and I now have God living inside. You know, it's not like some brick and mortar structure where people put little stuff in there, little statues and all that. I'm not coming against anybody's quote unquote religion as it were but I am speaking the truth that's not where God resides he lives in temples not made with hands he lives in these bodies when we ask Jesus to come in to our hearts so uh, here in 2 Timothy I'll read this verse 8 chapter 1 verse 8 therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. This is what Paul tells Timothy. But share or partake with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. And so he says, if you're going to live godly in Christ Jesus, you're going to suffer some. And I know that there have been a lot of teachings, especially started around the 70s for me, that talked, taught a lot about suffering, avoidance, and evasion. And you can use faith, manipulate faith to, so that you wouldn't have to go through anything. No, the beauty is, is that the same things that are happening to people in the world that's destroying them, they're happening to you, but you're going through. That's the beauty of this thing. So God is not into always delivering you from this and that. We, our prayers are, oh, God, remove this thing. Boop, boop, remove, remove. Because we've been taught that. When are we going to pray, Lord, help me to go through? Remember that old song, I'm going through, I'm going through. Doesn't matter what the world may do. I've made up my mind. How's that? I won't turn around, maybe. I've started with Jesus. I'm going through. Well, that's kind of mixed up. I'll pay the price. <laughs> Amen. Muchas gracias. Okay. But come up here. Come on. I'm going to take another minute. Come on. Help her up, Brother John. No, don't give her a mic. <laughs> okay. You want to come on up? Uh, okay, let's, let's do that little... Is this good out here? Okay. Okay, now give me those lyrics again. Now I got to remember them again. 
Let me, let me see. I'm going haven't, through. haven't sung it in a long I'm time. I'm going through. Don't confuse me, honey. Okay. Okay, I'm going through. I'm going through. I'll pay the price no matter what others may do. I'll take the way of the Lord's despised few. I've started with Jesus, and I'm going through. Amen. All right. Super. I'm looking for Lister. She's in here. Is Nita Lister in here? Nita, please. Oh, oh wow. You okay with that, sister? Come on. We're going through. Hey. Okay. This is my, 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 my message took a nosedive here. Now see, now see, now Come on, see, sister. now see, I can say it, but Sister Nita can sing it. Can we do that like that? Yeah, don't say it. Okay. okay. I'm going through, I'm going through. I'll, I'll uh, pay the price, whatever others do. I'm going through whatever the price God will fix it right for I'm going through going through I started in Jesus and I'm going no matter what the world may do. That's the Baptist version. I did the Methodist version. We went out the book. I'll pay the price, whatever others do. I'll take the way of the Lord's despised few. You know, some people despise the Lord's few. But I started with Jesus. Hey, and I'm going through. Yes, ma'am. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Help me, man. Wow. All right. All right, thank you. Thank you. Well, if you'll forgive me, I just thought it's, since she was quoting the song, I'd just bring her up. And, and, uh, but that's, that's who we are. We, we're people who can go through whatever goes on. It says, I've made up my mind. And so we didn't just make up our mind in a natural way. We made up our mind according to the Spirit. And, and so we can, we are the people that God has called in this last day to showcase himself. This is what it is. And so let's walk it out. Can we do that? All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Where's the team? Just let me ask you, is there anybody here, anybody here you want to give your heart to Jesus? Anybody want to give your heart to Jesus? Make up your mind today. The Holy Spirit is helping you. He's strengthening you. He is giving you everything you need to go through. This is what I, and if you want to come, give your heart to Jesus. I want you to come now. Because the Bible says, there's another song that says, none but the righteous shall see God. None but the righteous shall see God. And so God declares you righteous when you come to Jesus. When you come to Jesus, he declares you righteous. Is there anybody else? Anybody, anyone, anyone? If there's somebody who says, listen, Pastor, I've made up my mind I'm going to be stronger in the Lord, you can just come, and, and, and our elder will pray for you, will bless you. 
I always want to be strong in the Lord. You're stronger in the Lord. Just say, God, I want to be stronger in you. I want to be stronger in you. Yeah, come on. I need some more prayer people over here. Yeah. Come on. Yes, come on. Yeah, come on over there. Over there. Can't come on. Come on over there. Kenneth, Kenneth, Pastor. Let's just lay hands on people and pray for them and, and strengthen them. And, and let's walk through this thing, all right? You know we love you. 